Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Football UK podcast. I am your host, Callum Anderson, and join, joining me as my co-host is Luke Ratcliffe. Hello, hello. Hello. All right. So to give everyone a little bit of a brief intro on what uh, the Football UK podcast aims to achieve is we are both university students who have played American football under the Bucks Uniball system. And uh, we plan on introducing that into um, a podcast which also talks about the NFL to give people in the UK a better representation and something to listen to that meets all their needs and demands. Um, This first episode falls just a few days before the NFL draft. And so Luke and I thought it best to start this podcast show with an NFL mock draft in which we will take turns to draft each prospect to their respective teams. And this is just our opinions. And there may be a few bolters that we may select to change things up. So please don't rip into us if we make a decision you don't agree with. I will be taking the odd numbers so I can pick for my team, the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, Luke will be taking the evens in order to pick for for his bears. And um, we shall, uh, yeah, get straight into it, I think. So with the first pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. And um, yeah, first overall pick. Who do you think it's going to be, Luke? Not many surprises here, is there really? I mean, it's obviously going to be Fields, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, so with the first overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars have selected Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson. He is the best QB prospect to come out of college since Peyton Manning. It's really a no-brainer. There's no one else is going in, in this number one pick, really, for me. And, um, yeah, it's it's just... Uh, a no-brainer. I'm very excited to see him throwing to Marvin Jones and DJ Chark and see what see what they can come up with. Yeah, I think you know it's one of those drafts where the number one prospect is pretty much bona fide certain. You know, you try to think of other drafts, maybe Miles Garrett sort of you know pick where they're generational talents. You know, the team that's going to pick them up. You know, it's going to be a star for the next you know maybe ten years in the quarterback situation. I feel the Jags, you know, they're not the best, you know, sort of team for developing quarterbacks, but they've got a lot of pieces in place. They've got Urban Meyer, who's very familiar with the college system. I feel like, you know, it's a great place for Lawrence to go. Yeah, well, this is Jacksonville's first number one overall pick. And, um, uh, well, they've had a they've had it pretty easy in who they're going to select. And I don't think they've really had a chance to get, get their hands on a, a quality quarterback like Trevor Lawrence is going to be. The New York Jets now on the clock. So with the Jets, I think, you know, again, it's a very certain situation, the fact they're going to take a quarterback. You know, at the moment, I look at the Jets roster and their starting quarterback is James Morgan. I mean, never taken a snap in the NFL. You know, they're going to take a quarterback. It's just who. Now, in my opinion... I'm a big fan of Fields. I mean, obviously he's not going to go number one, but I can easily see him going number two. However, all the talk around the Jets is around Zach Wilson. Like, you know, he's he's been talking to all the ex, you know, Jets quarterbacks like Chad Pennington, 
he's very much sort of more of a Salah quarterback. Not a complete Salah quarterback. He's coming from the 49ers system where they like their sort of game-managing throwers, you know. Well, well, Wilson isn't a game-manager necessarily. He isn't to, to an extent. He's more of a thrower. You know, I've got people, you know, put him as the, the most talented thrower in the draft, which kind of says a lot. Very much like a Bacon Mayfield kind of prospect. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I'd have to say that for me, Zach Wilson is that number two quarterback. I think his he is in, undisputably going to be that second pick. Um, and I think it's it's very much on to the third pick and who the 49ers select. And that, that really is going to be a toss-up. But I definitely think Zach Wilson will be the second second guy off the board. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, this draft is definitely going to start to get interesting around the third pick. You know, the first two picks are quite, pretty certain. If anyone else goes in those number two picks, then we're going to we're going to have a really fun you know, draft on our hands. But yeah, definitely the first two picks are pretty certain. Yeah, I, I think there'll be a, a lot of Jets fans rioting if they if they don't go for Zach Wilson. And uh, we'll move on. Uh, on to the San Francisco 49ers, uh, the third overall pick. So it's me picking. And uh, going in into this with a bit of preparation, um, I had two guys really on, on the board um, for me. And I think it's fairly obvious which ones, uh, Justin Fields and uh, Mac Jones. I'm really high on Justin Fields. Um, I think he is the third best quarterback. I think he is supposed to be the next one to go off the board i mean he number one recruit out of high school he's got that athletic type he's a play action pass suits that kyle shanahan offense you know him and george kittle i'd think he he could really develop something there and um the the only critic i've ever heard is that he can tend to hold on to the ball for too long um and then you've got Mac Jones, which arguably probably the better passer. Um, he definitely does fit that Kyle Shanahan offense. And um, he's a born win- winner. You don't you don't play quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide if you don't win. And maybe his his negatives really coming out of college have been lax arm strength. But when has that ever been a problem? Peyton Manning, when he came out of college, everyone was saying, oh, he can't throw the ball deep. He's got no arm strength. And yet he might be one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever grace this earth. And then when I was doing my study earlier today, I actually found that the 49ers have narrowed their picks down to Mac Jones or Trey Lance. And just Justin Fields is no longer the guy that will be going third. And um, Trey Lance is in 17 games in college, undefeated. He's got that big arm, a bit of an unknown, really. Um, But with the third overall pick, I think if you're the 49ers and if you're Kyle Shanahan, you probably take Mac Jones. But to me, I cannot pass up on a guy like Justin Fields. I think he's just too good. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think I, I saw a mock the other day where Fields fell out of the top 10 and I, I just I couldn't believe it. Like, you know, at the start of the college season, even going towards the end, you kind of, it was Lawrence and Fields. And, you know, Wilson has, has shot up. And he's fair enough to him, but I don't understand how 
skills that's dropped so so quickly, you know. Mm. And um, where you know Mac Jones and Lance might go here, but I do think they would make a mistake passing up on Fields. There, there is definitely has to be something that um, quarterback coaches have seen on Justin Fields' pro day that has uh, lowered his draft stock. I think. Yeah, must have. But I mean, we don't sort of analyze as much as the scouts, so we don't know as much, you know. But mm. if if Lance or Jones is their guy, you know, quarterback is a very you know picky situation. Your teams like a quarterback to fit their scheme perfectly to get the most out of the scheme. So if the 49ers do feel as though Fields doesn't fit, then don't be surprised if Lance or Jones gets here. Kyle Shanahan is definitely the one pushing for Mac Jones and it's uh, Lynch who is pushing for Trey Lance. Maybe he likes he likes a guy that with a big arm that maybe a Mahomes type and thinks that they can be successful under his offense. Well we've seen guys like Josh Allen, you know, he, he came out and people saying he's got a massive arm, but can he can he make the reads, can he make the throws? Look what he's done in Buffalo. And with that, we'll move on to the fourth pick, a controversial one. This will be um, the Atlanta Falcons are now on the clock. I'm going to start off this by saying that this is going to be the perfect trade down place for the Falcons. You know, the fourth pick is going to be extremely valuable because you've got the first three are going to be quarterbacks. If you want your top non-quarterback in this draft, four is where you're going to draft up to sort of go get him. But we're not going to do drafts. So I'm going to stick with what the Falcons are going to pick. There are three guys that I'm kind of thinking the next sort of three top guys on the board would be sort of Kyle Pitts, Jamal Chase and Panay Sewell. It's very tough. You know, I'm not going to pick Chase here because I feel as though, you know, if you want a receiver, Pitts is going to be the guy to go for. You know, Chase is amazing in his own right, but I feel as though if you want that sort of Next level talent. Pitt is going to be the guy. Sewell is also very interesting because the, the Falcons are very low on the line. At the moment, I've got Willie Wright as their starting guard. No idea if, who he is or if he is you know, going to be starting, starting guard, but they might want to move McGarry back inside and take Sewell. But the pick I'm going to make is going to be Kyle Pitts because I do believe he is the best prospect in this draft, possibly behind Trevor Lawrence, but some people have him as his number one prospect in the entire draft. Some of the teams have him as not only the number one tight end, but also the number one wide receiver. His athletic mismatches, his, his size and athleticism, it's just, it, it's so tough to game plan for him. And, you know, he may lack blocking skills, but, you know, they've got a good tight end in Hayden Hurst to sort of do the nitty gritty. I'm going to add in as well, you know, reports have been coming out. Julio Jones might be getting traded away. The only reason I can see that the Falcons would do that is if they're planning on taking a, a Pitts or a Chase in, the number one, in their number one overall pick just to make sure, you know, that they don't lose that X factor on the outside. While Calvin really is very good, he's more of a sort of technical guy. You want that athletic tight end or wide receiver to really go up and make the 50-50 balls. No, I completely agree. Uh, for me, Kyle Pitts is the number two rated prospect just behind Trevor Lawrence. I think uh, in an ideal world, if you were picking best, he'd be off the board at number two. He's such a versatile threat. 
you could play him tight end, you could play him out wide, wide receivers, match him up against your safeties, match him up against your corners, linebackers, and he'll beat them all. I think the guy is unguardable, and I think he will blow it up in the NFL. Definitely. I think that's a, it's a very good summary of that. You know, like, he's one of those players that you just can't really... I, can't, I don't see him falling past the, the fifth, maybe sixth pit. You know, I think Mami would be lucky to have him at sixth. He's not making it past the Bengals, at least I don't think. See, I, I would I would have to agree. The Bengals are on the clock next. I'll go through from a Bengals fan standpoint and a, a Bengals thinking point of view whilst we're on the clock is if Kyle Pitts is there at five, you're talking about revamping that offense. You're talking about giving Joe Burrow a new weapon, a weapon that can go anywhere in a Zach Taylor offense that can really stretch the field, but also has a great short game with good height, good length, good speed. I think Kyle Pitts, if available, the Bengals need to grab him up. But unfortunately, with Kyle Pitts, probably rightly so, going at number four to the Atlanta Falcons, the Bengals are now down to their their two favourites, really, in who, who they want to pick, in Penai Sewell and Jamar Chase. And if you have to look, you look at what happened last year, you look at how many times Joe Burrow got hit, you look at how many times that Joe Burrow, there were wide receivers open in the backfield and Joe Burrow just didn't get that time to get the ball away because he was too busy getting hit. And Michael Jordan, the Bengals starting right guard, had the lowest pass block rating of any guard in the entire NFL this last season. And so for me, as a Bengals fan, you want to protect your prodigy. You want to make sure that Joe Burrow remains protected for a good 10 years. And uh, with that, you pick Penai Sewell. A big tackle. He's athletic. He's probably the best O-line prospect. He's a Heisman nominee for last year and you just don't see you don't see O-Lineman being nominated for the Heisman yeah no I mean I'm surprised man I thought you were going to go chase I thought you know you're going to get that fantasy sort of matchup the LSU matchup with Burrow and Chase but no I'm always a big believer in investing in the line you know teams are won in the trenches you know and as a DB you know it's not my area but I still appreciate the sort of the intricacies and, and sort of the little yards that go into the line. And, you know, Sewell is going to get you those yards. He's going to keep her upright and Burrow's at his best when he, he's throwing, you know, comfortably. And he, he's got a good receiving core already to throw to, you know, like we, he's got some good slots with Aaron Boyd, got Higgins on the outside, you know, he, it's going to be fun watching Burrow throw with, you know, at least a little bit of time. Yeah, exactly. That That's my point. There's no point drafting Chase if you've got, no one protects you. And um, the, to all the Bengals fans out there that say, oh, the the O-line is uh, pretty deep in this draft. Well, so is the wide receiver. Wide receivers, if you look at, you know, you could pick up a wide receiver that will do the job in the second round. You've addressed that need. You've probably got the best tackle that potentially might be a future Hall of Famer. There is one note that I, I put down um, is that Penai Sewell can often get beaten on the inside too often. He he reaches out to the outside too quickly and uh, often a spin move on the inside can really cause some damage. And I think that's something Frank Polak will identify and look to correct if they draft Penai Sewell. 
No, definitely. And, you know, the last time I felt this confident about an O-lineman coming into the draft, the last time I think I saw really an O-lineman go comfortably in sort of the top... T- I know we had um, the Giants draft a, a tackle uh, last year, was it? But even then, it, it was a bit of a controversial pick. You know, the last time a, a ta- uh, a, an O-line was comfortably drafted was Quinton Nelson. And, you know, he's done amazing things for Indianapolis. Even at guard, you know, you've got a guy... Sewell, who can play tackle as well, which is arguably a more important position. You, you, you don't pass up on that, really. Yeah, no, 100% agree. And we're moving on to the sixth pick with the Miami Dolphins getting on the clock. Yeah, definitely. I think the Miami Dolphins are, are a very fun team to draft for because you know, I look at their team, it's pretty pretty nice team to sort of look over. They've got a very complete roster. There are a few you know, positions that sort of might need a bit of reinforcing, but to be honest, it's a very strong roster. I think, you know, I've got their main need is, you know, running back and edge. You're not going to draft a running back this high. And I don't think some of the edge guys really, you know, maybe deserve to be drafted at six. So with that in mind, I'll, I'll be drafting best player available. And I do believe the best player left will be Jamar Chase. You know, we've been talking about him a lot. And I feel as though, you know, that's a scary receiving call for two to throw to with Parker, Fuller and Chase now. You, you've got a lot of speed, but also a lot of sort of size and athleticism there as well. It, it's going to be quite tough to stop Tua from, from really, you know, using his, you know, throwing ability. I feel that, you know, we saw how good Chase was, you know, he, he's a very complete receiver. He, he, he can do the routes, he can do, you know, the releases. His hands are pretty strong, you know, he, He's very he's a, he's a winner at the end of the day, you know. LSU sort of were dominant, you know, a year ago, and he was a massive part of that. Definitely have to agree. I think Chase's pedigree, such vertical threat, um, and he'll be that physical number one receiver that the Dolphins can rely on. Tua now has a, a very good target that he can dump the ball off to. And Jamar Chase can make things happen. And I, I I do think that that is probably the best pick that the Dolphins could wish for, really, in that sixth position. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, we're moving on to the seventh pick with the Detroit Lions on, on the clock. Now, the the Lions I, I've got here, I've, got, I've written down the Lions needs. The Lions need a wide receiver. They need a corner and they need a tackle. They need to protect... Jared Goff, they, you know, you don't make a, a big move for a quarterback and not surround him with talent and protection. And I think that that is definitely going to be needed if you're trying to restart this Lions franchise, get it back up and rolling. Rebuild is what, what we're in. And um, my pick, my top pick for the Lions was definitely Jamar Chase had to be number one on that board I think with the Dolphins picking at sixth and taking Jamar Chase I I don't think that the Lions will necessarily ever see a chance at getting Jamar Chase but it just had to be the number one option for the Lions I think the player that I will pick is actually Rashawn Slater from Northwestern you get a big tackle a good blocker some some even scouts have him ahead of Penai Sewell. They reckon he can be the best tackle coming out of this draft. And you protect Jared Goff. You protect the guy that you've given so much away 
you've given Matthew Stafford to the Rams to get your guy that you believe will revamp your offense. Yeah, I like that pit a lot. I think you know he's a local boy as well, Northwestern, not too far away from Detroit. He knows the you know the cold weather sort of playing. I think as well, he's he's very versatile. He can play guard and tackle. You know, maybe he won't start a tackle for the Lions, but you know, put him in at guard and he, he'll do a great job. A bit of a sort of maybe smaller sort of school in Northwestern. We don't see Northwestern putting out first round talent a lot, but they do have two this year, which kind of shows the you know the the program's really it's on the up. Yeah, and I think the Lions would be a, a very good position to sort of for him to go. They're not in a position to sort of really taking swings. They want to take sort of prospects that they know they can rely on for the next few years yeah it's very much a rebuild for them so they're they're very much not in Super Bowl contention so why not try and just protect your guy and get through the next few years pick up some good quality players and rebuild for five years time at number eight is the Carolina Panthers I won't lie to you you have messed up my uh my analysis a bit I wanted Slater to go to the Panthers Again, I think the Panthers are a lot like the Dolphins in that their, their number one dream guy won't be there. They want Pitt. They've got Dan Arnold and Ian Thomas. And I don't know if that's that's not really a winning tight end combination. Pitts would yeah. be a dream here, but Pitts isn't going to be there. I really want Slater because they've got a, you know, a bit of a need on the line. I'm Mac Jones? Now, uh, it's tough because you just trade for Sam Darnold and you've got Teddy B in the back. I don't think you, you you don't trade for Sam Donald if you're willing to take a quarterback in this situation. So I'm looking mainly at cornerback and maybe some linemen. It depends who's available. We've got Darashaw and Elijah Vera Tucker as my next sort of two guys. And yeah. the cornerback situation is also quite deep. You've got you've got all the guys on the board available, which is quite you know nice for the uh, for the Panthers. So I'm gonna. Take a bit of a swing here, and uh, it makes it interesting. Go, I think they're going to take Elijah Vera Tucker. Oh wow, the big USC guard coming off the board. Yeah, Play. I think you know maybe maybe some this might be quite high for some people, but you know I think a lot of people really like his sort of dual versatility in guard and tackle. He might be available for later down, so maybe the Panthers might want to trade back. I don't think you know Darashaw is a, is an option here as well, but he's he's more of a pure tackle. You know, and it feels like you know they've they've got you know Moton and Little, who are two you know fairly solid sort of guys. Whereas on at guard they've got Daly and Alfine, which is you know, they're not not really top tier talent at guard. So you kind of want a guy who can play both. That, yeah, that would be my logic behind that. I can understand why maybe Panthers fans might not be that happy with that pick. You know, they maybe they want the corner. You know, maybe they want. To maybe a, a bit of a higher talent than Darashaw, but I'm going to, you know, make it a bit more of an interesting mock draft and go Vera Tucker. Yeah, well, it, you have certainly made it interesting. Um, couple picks down the line, you've ruined who I was going to pick. So poor Chargers and we'll move on. I think Vera Tucker is, is a great talent, but I, I cannot see him going this early. I think we have gone lineman heavy based on, based on pure need, but I, I, I still don't see see that happening i think there's too much talent that you've left the broncos to gloss over and have it have a good think um there's players that i didn't even think would be available that still are the uh denver broncos are on the clock now i'm thinking as as the broncos gm i'm thinking right you've got drew lock do you trust him john john elway one of the greatest quarterbacks ever surely has a good idea 
on what Drew Locke will give you that maybe another QB in this draft won't. And I'm, I just don't see it. I really don't. And I, I really do think that John Elway, a former quarterback who will probably like picking quarterbacks, and I think he'll go with another one here, and I think he'll pick Mac Jones, Alabama quarterback. Wow, I was writing in Trey Lance as you were saying that. No, I've really? got Mac Jones. Yeah, I, I really do think Mac Jones is their guy. I think, um, although you might think Trey Lance, 17 games, all all 17 undefeated, but he is a bit more unproven. I think Mac Jones is that proven talent that you can slot in at QB straight away, knows an offense, knows how to run an offense and can compete with Drew Locke. And John Elway is very much a win now. He wants to win. He's not going to settle for uh, Trey Lance that might take a little bit more development or some someone else that might lead them to having to wait another year to get their guy at QB. I truly believe that Mac Jones is who he w- will take if he's available. I don't think he will be available. I think they're looking at the Broncos if they're going quarterback. They are looking at Trey Lance. They're looking at Justin Fields. But available in this mock draft and the Broncos will mop him up. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see the logic behind that. You know, Mac Jones, while I think his, you know, his ceiling might be limited, you you can win games with Mac Jones. You know, he's won them, he's won the national championship and gold. You know, and while I do love Trey Lance's potential, I can see what you mean by, you know, he, he might take some time to develop. You know, and maybe he wants to go to a team maybe who already have a starting quarterback that he can sit behind. Whereas Mac Jones, I feel that like you can get away with. You, you know, if Locke's not working out. Chuck Mac Jones, you know, he, he's not going to maybe make the same mistakes that, you know, a Trey Lance might. He might be able to sort of lead the Denver Broncos to maybe a surprise wildcard playoff. So, you know, I can definitely see the logic behind it. Yeah, I think if they don't go quarterback here, I, I think you're looking at someone like Micah Parsons coming off the board. You're looking at maybe a lineman if they're still available. You, you know, you could be looking at one of the biggest talents, I think, is that's in the linebacker position. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, is, um, he is a talent and a half, I think. And I do th- believe that he'll be going in these, in these teens. So, yeah, and I think that is the Broncos. So, with the 10th pick, Luke, you're selecting for the, the hated Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, the Cowboys always make draft night interesting, especially if Pat McAfee is introduced in the pick. I think Patrick Sustain, you know, he's he's probably my number one cornerback, and I feel that the Dallas Cowboys need a cornerback. They've got Trayvon Diggs at the moment, who had a bit of a spotty rookie year, but, you know, I can definitely see him sort of stepping up and filling at least one of the starting cornerback roles. They've got Jordan Lewis as their sort of next guy, and you know he's okay. But I feel as though you can really improve at the corner position by taking the number one cornerback in Patrick Sertain. You know he's got that sort of pedigree. You know his his dad was a uh, was an All Star, a uh, Pro Bowler as well, and I think he suits the Cowboys as well. You know they're they're kind of a very physical team. You know he's he's a press man cornerback. You know you know as Lanton Zerline says here he has like elite size, length, and talent, and sort of you know, match up against any receiver, you know, and I feel like those sort of guys are very, very valuable, especially, at, you know, at the quarterback position. You know, it feels like he's going to improve that defense right away. 
he's going to come in and he's going to immediately do the job. And he has definitely has that potential to be that lockdown corner that everyone hates coming up against. And I, I think it is a certain pick. I think the the Cowboys might might just go certain if he's if he's on the board still at that tenth pick, which I think he probably will be. I think I think they will go along those lines, and uh, it's hard to argue with. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think, you know, you've got a very interesting pick next in the Giants to yeah. could go anyway, really. Yeah, so uh, with the 11th pick, obviously the New York Giants are on the clock. You're looking at need here. Giants need a linebacker. They need still need to buff up that O-line, even though they addressed it last year. And and they need, they need a, another wide receiver. They haven't really had that impact from losing Odell Beckham and uh, I think Daniel Jones does need some sort of another target he can't run all the way to the end end zone and then fumble it 10 meters before so but as as a middle linebacker myself I am always invested in defense and I do love the linebackers that are coming up and uh, I, I have to pick one here and I'm picking Micah Parsons from Penn State linebacker I think this guy is incredible. He is the best, the top linebacker prospect coming into this draft. I think he is a guy that will come in straight away and play. I think he is he is such a versatile threat and his blitzing his blitzing from the linebacker position could be cause havoc against most offenses and you know you're you're playing the Eagles, you're playing the Redskins and the Cowboys twice a year. Why don't you want Micah Parsons coming through and hitting all their quarterbacks? Why don't you want them coming after Wentz if he's p- playing? Why don't you want them coming after Dak Prescott? You know, the, these guys will probably suffer from having that linebacker that has that presence and can really do damage. Yeah, no, I, I really love that pick. You're taking, it, it's a good mix of best player available and also, you know, it's a team need and you're going to get so much out of Micah Parsons. Yeah, we've hinted at you know you know Awusu Koma is a yeah. you know, he's also a very talented linebacker you know but but Parsons has been sort of the leading linebacker in the, the whole process you know from his, his time throughout last year you know and while some guys have sort of grown in their sort of stock Parsons weirdly has has dropped slightly but you know he's dropped from possibly you know a top five pick to around the 10 spot, which, you know, is not, you know, bad at all, you know, and I think, you know, teams underrating him might, might regret that coming next year. He, um, he opted out of uh, this year due to COVID reasons, which can always explain why someone's draft stock is heading down because obviously without, without playing for quite some time, but you, what you're getting with Mike Parsons is such an athletic freak that can be everywhere at, at once and really do some damage. And I think that's who the Giants will actually select come draft night. And we'll move on to the 12th pick, the Philadelphia Eagles, surely going J.C. Horn. No, I'm not going J.C. Horn. I feel as though you've got Slayer Maddox, and, you know, while Maddox maybe isn't that great, I mean, he had a great game against the Bears in the playoffs, I feel, you know, a few years back, so that probably scarred me for a bit. But, 
I'm going to go receiver because you know, look at you've got Jalen Rager and Travis Fulgham as your top two guys. You've got a rookie or a second year sort of QB in Jalen Hurts who didn't get much game time maybe last year as he, he would have hoped. You need him. You need to throw you know, a guy for him to throw to. So the next two guys I've got a receiver are uh, Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle, both from Alabama. Both have pretty different styles of play. Jalen Waddle is, is often I see maybe the more popular pick because you know of his athleticism, his size, and his returnability. But I feel as though you know, if you're the Eagles, you want immediate production. You want a guy that you know is gonna you know find some level of success in the in the league. And I feel as though Devonta Smith, you know, he's gonna give you that sort of you know he, he's an incredible route runner. You know, maybe he's not as big as people would have liked. But, you know, you can under- underestimate him as, as much as you want. You know, he, he's burned, you know, plenty of DBs, not necessarily with speed, although he is extremely fast. He's burned them with his IQ and his route running. If you're the Eagles, you know, you want that immediately. Straight off the bat, you want Hurts to, you know, really sort of have that relationship back with Smith, you know, where you can, you can rely, you know, Hurts can rely on Smith. Yeah, definitely have to agree with that one. It's interesting not taking JC Horn, uh, I think, Big physical size, best probably probably best available pick really in, in a team that probably does need a DB as well as a, a wide receiver. I can uh, see see both both picks happening. I, I I know the NFL Network they're favoring JC Horn quite a lot to go to the Eagles, and I do believe that that will be their pick. But it's it's interesting to see someone's different take on on things. Yeah, I, I agree with you. know, JC Horn, I, I do love JC Horn. You know, I, I play DB myself, and I do love, you know, while I'm a deep safety, I do love, you know, coming down press man, you know, JC Horn's game style sort of, you know, I actually love seeing it. And, you know, I can see, I can definitely see him going to the Eagles. I can see him going earlier. I think, you know, whichever team is going to pick him up next, whether it's, you know, your pick with the Chargers, you know, that they're, they're getting a great player. But, you know, I also think Devonta Smith is going to be a great player. Yeah, no, absolutely. Can't disagree with that. Do, are you not worried about Devontae Smith's size, though? I know that that worries a lot of people and has had him falling down. I've seen him falling down to the Patriots and even further in some mock drafts. Yeah, I mean, I can see why, you know, in the, the NFL where you've got some of the best athletes in the world. At the same time, you know, I've seen teams underestimate, you know, size. You know, I've seen, you know, Tyreek Hill was underestimated for his size. And, you know, most recently is, you know, Darnell Mooney, fifth overall pick, has been doing great for the Bears this season. He's smaller than Devonta Smith. Uh, I feel as though he, you know, Mooney isn't as talented as Smith. I think Smith is going to find more success. And his size might sort of affect him at times, but I feel as though his other attributes are going to make up for that. Yeah, quality route running receiver going off at 12. And that leaves with the 13th pick is the Los Angeles Chargers. Unfortunately, Luke has got a bit big-headed and he's taken Elijah Vera Tucker in, <laughs> in the top 10. That that was definitely somewhere I thought or where I think Elijah Vera Tucker will come off the board. I think uh, the Chargers do need to address their O-line. I'm looking at players on their on their needs and their little list. I'm thinking Elijah Vera Tucker. I'm thinking Christian Darasaw. And I'm also thinking DB and Edge. And I'm thinking, you know, they do need to address that secondary in the defense. 
and I think they probably do do that if if it does come to fruition and the uh, Eagles leave JC Horn one of the top corners still back on the board then I I can't see the Chargers passing up on that I think the the Chargers have to take JC Horn you get a physical big sized corner lengthy someone who can come up in that press man shut down corner and re- really um put pressure on those receivers my only concern with JC Horn is his tendency to drop the ball he's not he's not going to be a corner that gets a lot of interceptions he's but pass breakups is definitely his thing because he just drops the ball every time <laughs> no i think i do I, I very much like JC Horn and you know you look at his resume as well but you know playing against you know, a team like Alabama who's had they got four first-round picks. We're projecting uh, just at receiver. You know, when you go up against them, you know you, you're gonna you know improve massively just by, based on sort of your match experience alone. And I feel as though JC Horn has really improved over the past few years, and he's definitely gonna make that uh, Chargers or defense a lot better. If you're the Chargers, you're excited by the prospect that you get a lockdown corner in. You sure up that secondary. Yes, Justin Herbert might not have the best protection, but this is again you something you could address in the second round that I feel like you probably couldn't with the corners as much. Moving on to the 14th pick, the Minnesota Vikings, a good division rival of Luke's Bears. So definitely, and while I'm very tempted to draft awfully for the Vikings. Like I did for the Panthers. <laughs> um, I am. Um, I'm looking at you know they've had a lot of success um, in the draft. You know with just just with Justin Jefferson last year, who's been absolutely great for them. I remember watching them, you know, and I was scared of feeling. You know, and next thing I know, Jefferson is you know torching us, and it, it it's quite terrifying that they managed to get a talent like that such sort of later on in the draft. And I feel as though they're going to get a great talent as well, and it's actually lined up pretty well. Possibly for me taking Veritek earlier. Um, in Christian Darashaw, you know, they've got a hole at left tackle. You know, they've got Rashad Hill at the moment sort of playing there. They've got Brian Smith on the other side. And, I, you know, it's sort of maybe one of the top guys I've got left on the board. And I feel as though he's really going to, you know, sort of solidify that offense. Definitely have to agree with that one. I think Minnesota... Last year, where you you've seen the videos of the head office laughing at the Eagles for taking Jalen Rieger ahead of Justin Jefferson. I think they've paid they've paid the price for it. Really, I think you add a new piece to that offense that can really go ahead, put their foot down, and charge towards the playoffs. I think Darashaw is definitely you know he's he's probably maybe the best purely sort of left tackle in this draft you know well, Sewell has experience on both sides he's been told to sort of you know train at right tackle by whichever team plans on taking him you know whereas Darashaw is, is sort of you know your pure left tackle and that's what the Vikings need at the moment. Freshman starter coming out of high school big frame he's got those quick reactions quick feet one massive note from NFL Network was this guy creates big holes with his speed and power that can be really utilized in an offense of the Vikings power. And if if you have to think you've got Dalvin Cook running behind him, that's that's a scary prospect, isn't it? Definitely. I'm not looking forward to watching that next year. <laughs> All right. We're moving on to the 15th pick, the New England Patriots. Now, here is the point I have to make before I make my selection. 
the Patriots, I feel, are going to be the most active trading in the first round on the first night on Thursday. I think that there's no chance that if 49ers take a QB and there's one QB they like, I think the Patriots are moving up to get him. Or I think the Patriots are trading for Jimmy G. I think they'll want him back if they if they need it. I think we can see them trading up into the top 10 to maybe pick Trey Lance or Justin Fields, whichever one they want. But since I'm all the way down here at 15, I can't make any trades myself and I can't pick them up, Jimmy G., then I'm going to have to take a quarterback. And here, here is where Trey Lance comes off the board. I think that big arm, a little bit of unproven, I think that speaks to Bill Belichick. I think he'll relish coaching a, court, a young quarterback that has something to prove. I do think that they'll do wonders with each other at the Patriots. Yeah, I don't see Lance falling this far. You know, it's just the way that our sort of drafters played out, whereas, you know, the Patriots would be running this card up right away. You know, Lance, especially when you put him behind maybe Cam Newton for a year, you know, they're, they're fairly similar players. You know, maybe maybe Lance isn't as big as Newton, but, you know, the, the running aspect of his game can definitely be, you know, improved by learning behind Cam Newton. You know, and while Cam may have dropped off in the past few years, he's still a very functional quarterback, and he's also a very smart quarterback. So a lot of people don't really realise that about Cam Newton. And, you know, Trey Lance is gonna sort of, you know, learn so much behind him, and he's gonna, you know, that's even not without even mentioning, you know, he's gonna be coached by Bill Belichick. You know, it's it's a great sort of position for Lance to go to, I think. Yeah, and I think the Patriots' other areas of needs, I think they'll pick up a a wide receiver, maybe in the second or a linebacker. They'll look to bolster those two, I think, and uh, they'll make sure that they get they get a guy that they can rely on at QB this draft. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I was I was thinking we might receive it here, but I you know, I realised that Lance was available. If Lance wasn't available, I can definitely see Jaden Waddle going here. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll move on to the sixteenth pick, the Arizona Cardinals, a team that is blessed with wide receivers, so they probably won't go Jalen Waddle. It would be fun though, wouldn't it? Uh, it would... DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green and Jalen Waddle. That would be very fun to watch. Don't forget Larry Fitzgerald as well. Oh, yeah, he's uh, still around, isn't he? Yeah. And, and, and Christian Kirk. They are yeah. very, they're very blessed on me. So, yes, I won't be going Jalen Waddle here. And my next sort of need for them would be maybe cornerback. You know, they lost Patrick Peterson this offseason, unfortunately for the Vikings again. But, uh, yeah, they've got Malcolm Butler to sort of fill that void. They've got Robert Alford and Byron Murphy. Murphy was selected fairly high in the last sort of few drafts. Uh, he's maybe not been the sort of... Uh, high-end talent but he can definitely do a job but I do feel as though they need that sort of next guy up in cornerback so I'll be taking Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech and while he yeah. does have maybe some injury issues you know with he, I think he had some back problems was it um, he's yeah. still sort of a very talented sort of cornerback and I feel as though the Cardinals would be an ideal place for him to go I can actually see Caleb Farley going a little bit earlier but I think perfect spot really 16, you get get into the Cardinals and you're all set, really. Caleb Farley's straight slot in and ready to play. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Virginia Tech have, have had some, some success in you know, putting out corners. I know one of my guys, Cal uh, Fuller, for some reason the Bears felt he was worth a, a cut, which I still haven't really gotten over. But, you know, Virginia Tech have 
quite a lot of you know talent in developing corners. You know, he's got a lot of size. You know, he does a good job of using that size. Um, and you know his his ball skills maybe aren't the best, but you know he can learn that over time with the Cardinals. Yeah, you know, I feel so. Yeah, he he will fit that team quite nicely. Yeah, seventeenth pick then the Los Angeles Raiders. Now the Raiders, you look at their need. They need O line. They need to protect Derek Carr. They need linebackers. They need a D line. They need to really kind of revamp this front seven of their defense. And I think the best the best way to do it is a favorite of mine coming into this draft is Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Notre Dame, linebacker, the kid can do it all. He's super athletic. He's got so much power. He can guard anyone. He'll guard tight ends. He'll guard wide receivers. Heck, put him on DeAndre Hopkins. I don't care. He's got the power to cover. He's got that power. He's a plug-and-play starter. Definitely. I think, you know, I watched uh, Brett Coleman's video on him the other day, and it, it really sort of showed how talented he was, you know, and it, not just in sort of his athletic gifts, but also his sort of ability to, you know, adapt to different schemes. You know, the Notre, the Notre Dame defense very rarely sort of subbed out of their base package because, you know, Jeremiah could could act as that sort of nickel guy. You know, as as a linebacker, that is so so incredibly useful. You know, if I was on a team, I'd want a linebacker. You know. You, you're facing you know, a guy who can you know, annihilate the run, but also you know you feel comfortable in the pass. And moving on to 18, back to the Miami Dolphins, second pick of the first round. Another one for them. And at this point, in, in most drafts, an edge would have gone by now. You know, edge is one of the most valuable positions in football. You know, the edges get paid almost yeah next next to the quarterback, obviously, but they get paid some of the top money. In the NFL, and I'm looking at my top edges. Miami have a need edge. They've got Emmanuel Ogba, who did you know good things for them last year, and also Brendan Scarlett, who's a, who's a serviceable sort of guy that can set the edge. And a guy I'm going to pick for them is Jalen Phillips from Miami. You know, he he's got you know plus physical attributes and he, he's got he's got a good motor. He, he had some medical issues, but I feel as though you know just like most athletes in any sport, you know your medical is it's context, you know and any player can get injured and you know Jalen Phillips had some good games in him and he is a tough guy at the end of the day he's a very smart edge defender as well he uses his moves pretty effectively and I feel as though on that Miami defense he can find a lot of success especially against sort of a team like maybe the Jets who don't have the best airline you know the Patriots themselves you know they're, they're still if you've got Trey Lance at quarterback you know he, he might not be able to pick up on the you know the Miami defense and Phillips might sort of feast off of that have to agree there. Edge has been a bit neglected this draft. I actually had uh, on my draft board, I had Jalen Phillips going a few picks later if he was still available. I think there is some great edge talent that's still left on the board. So we're moving on to the 19th pick with the Washington football team on the clock. <laughs> Washington. I used to that one. No. Their team needs really are linebacker. Do they? They need a new quarterback and they need you know, probably address that offense, get a wide receiver in. But to me, I'm looking at this and thinking Mike Parsons and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa has gone. I'm thinking there's no no Trey Lance that has fallen, no Justin Fields, no Mac Jones. No one's really fallen in that regard. So I'm going 
best available in my opinion. I'm getting some guy, a guy that can stretch the field with his, his athleticism, and I'm going Jalen Waddle, Alabama. He, he's going to be very scary going up with uh, McLaurin as well, you know. And the Washington, Washington needs that. They need that sort of, you know, dual playmaking sort of ability from the two guys on the outside. You know, they, they had what, Logan Thomas as their sort of one of their leading receivers last year, who hasn't really found much success. Other than Washington, you know, you want a guy that you could really rely on, and, you know, a guy that's exciting in the day. You know, Waddle as well also provides you know, sort of value on both sides of the ball in terms of special teams as well. You know, he he's a good good returner at the same time. The twentieth pick, Da Bears. The Bears, it's my, my my Bears. I mean, I've seen plenty of you know players drafted here. You know, from plenty of different Bears media outlets. I know a lot of people like to pick a receiver here. I personally am I'm not a fan of that. I, I do, you know, Alan Robinson is one of the best receivers in the game and I very much like Mooney. We've got Goodwin to back up now and I feel as though, you know, you can pick up a receiver later on in this draft. There's a lot of talent at receiver. So my, my sort of two positions that I'm looking at would be sort of on the line and also at quarterback, you know, getting rid of Kyle Fuller. I still don't understand, but, you know, you now have a hole there. And while Jalen Johnson played very well last year, and Desmond Trufant is, you know, workable. He, he's more of a band-aid sort of player. I'm very tempted to do a cornerback. And I also like going tackle. With, uh, you've still got Tevin Jenkins on the board. You know, a guy like maybe Alex Leverwood might sneak into the first. A guy like Samuel Cosme might also sneak in. But I'm going to... Uh, I'm, I'm, I've been swayed by the sort of local boy status of Greg Newsom at cornerback. And I like that sort of that pairing with uh, a Northwestern boy sort of coming home to Chicago. I think I'll go Greg Newsom here. Absolutely. I think it's an appropriate place for Greg Newsom to get off the board. I think he's a quality corner. I think he's got so many positives and he can walk straight into that Bears and fill that hole. Kyle Fuller is gone and I think this guy can be his replacement. Yeah, I mean, you know, Greg Newsom maybe sort of didn't sort of stand out as much. He's very much a, a late bloomer in this draft process. Northwestern aren't known for their first-round talent, as I, as I hinted at earlier, but they definitely found a lot of success this year in developing these guys. And yeah, as, as a Bears fan, you know, the longest-tenured Bear was Sherrick McManus, another Northwestern alumni. You know, it'd, be, it'd be great to see Greg Newsom you know, stick on that team for another you know, 10 years, maybe. Absolutely. The 21st pick with the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, I'm looking at my draft board and I'm thinking, why, oh, why have you taken Jalen Phillips? Jalen Phillips is a perfect <laughs> fit for the Colts. I think he feels that fills that need at the edge. I think they do need a left tackle. I think they need a wide receiver as well. But I, I do think they need to address that edge more than anything. And that's why I'm going for a controversial one, maybe. Quitty Pai from Michigan. Definitely, I've seen um, I've seen Russo drop down boards, you know, for some reason this this sort of process, and you know, Russo, while he's more of a four three end, and I do feel that like he would fit that Indianapolis Colts defense maybe a bit better than than Quitty Pai, but you know, Quitty Pai sort of he has the physical sort of talent to to step up, you know, he he's very explosive. And well, maybe he doesn't have the tape to maybe sort of back up his sort of 
sort of play style like a lot of other sort of prospects have, he would make a very good impact on that Colts team. The Colts' first guy is Jalen Phillips. I think if you're in need in the need for an edge, your first guy probably is Jalen Phillips, whoever you are. Yeah, Jalen Phillips does lead that pack, but I don't I don't feel as though quick pay is that far behind. You know, it's a very close group of edge guys, and you know, on my board, I have them very maybe later on draft picks, but I feel as though they're gonna they're gonna come off quite quickly coming on after uh, after quickly pie now. Yeah, 22nd pick, the Titans are next. That being said, I'm not going to take an edge here. You know, the Titans have Landry and Dupree. It's a very good um, edge duo. Uh, I know a few people maybe doubt if Dupree can, Dupree can really live up to that contract he signed. But you, you've, you've got to give him a chance to, to really earn that money. I see a hole at receiver for the, the Titans. They lost Corey Davis to the Jets this offseason. They've got AJ Brown, who is very, very talented. But the next guy would be Josh Reynolds. And while Josh Reynolds is quite underrated, I don't feel so he's second receiver material. So I'm going to take a guy that's often mocked maybe a bit earlier, but I can, he also sort of fits this range in, in Rashad Bateman for Minnesota. He's an outside target, a lot like uh, Corey Davis is. Um, so he'll fill that role and let A.J. Brown sort of work underneath he can use his size. You know, Titans are known for their size, just with you know Derek Henry and the the big O line. It would be quite a, a tough job facing that Titans offense if you're a smaller defense. It's hard to argue. Um, I think if you're looking at other wide receivers, maybe someone that can burst on, and you could probably put Rondale Moore in the slot, but maybe he's a second round talent that you try and pick up. I think there's Kadarius Tony still out there. I think he's quite a a rangy talent that um, you can use. But I have to agree with the pick. I think I've seen a lot of people that are quite high on him. It's hard to dis- disagree, really. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good pickup for the Titans. And I feel that a lot of Titans fans would be quite happy with that. 23rd pick, we move on to the New York Jets again. It's interesting second pick. They obviously... Luke selects Zach Wilson, I think, is the sure pick. I think the Jets will be sitting in this position, either looking to trade back to get more stock in the second or addressing a real need that has fallen and not even come come up in this first round so far. And I think if you've got a shiny new quarterback, what do you want? You want a shiny new running back. And if you're looking at the running backs for this first round, you're looking at two predominantly. I think you're looking at Najee Harris, who is um, definitely plug and play. I think he's an abrasive, good in the past, large running back. And you're looking at Travis Etienne, probably a little bit smaller, a bit stockier, though. He's got some he's got some good speed. He's got great pass catching ability. I'm picking this based off their fit. And I really do believe Travis Etienne will be a better fit at the Jets than Najee Harris. And so I'm going to go Travis Etienne. Yeah, I agree with that pick completely. You know, they had Le'Veon Bell, who they gave a big contract to. Not necessarily, he's more of an elusive running back. Uh, Najee Harris is more of a power running back. So if you want to sort of try and mirror a guy that, you know, like Bell, you would you take an ETN, and I, I saw ETN uh, sort of, was more of a, a unanimous first round, sort of 
first overall running back, but I sort of, that's uh, dropped off a bit in recent times. So I think the Jets have made a very smart move in taking Etienne here. I do also think the Jets could possibly take an edge here. Uh, there's edge still. There's edges still left on the board who are, who are very talented, and they've got Carl Lawson and Zuniga at the moment. And I don't think they're they're, they're, they're going to take an edge, whether it be in this pick or in the second uh, round. The the twenty fourth overall pick, Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers initially, when I saw I was selecting for the Steelers, you know they lost Dupree, and again there's you know, later on edge talent that can go here. While I would usually you know jump on the chance to take an edge I look at that O-line and I, I didn't realise how badly it's been it's been you know disintegrated over over the past few months they lost the Linnewaeva to uh, the Ravens they've lost Pouncey to retirement they've still got the Castro I, I look at those tackles they lost lost Filer as well they've got Okafora and Banner as their starting tackles and you know that that is not that you're not going to find success uh, with those two tackles, especially when you, you've got Ben, who's maybe not the most mobile of quarterbacks back there. He's not going to be able to make up for that. A guy that I wanted for the Bears, if Greg Newsom wasn't there, with, was Tevin Jenkins. Uh, he's going to fit very nicely in this Steelers uh, team. Jenkins is an aggressive blocker. He's a, he's a nasty human being. He's going to he's going to punish people. And you know, as a, the Steelers are known for their hard-nosed tough tough sort of way of football and uh, Tim Jenkins is going is going to be a loved stealer for the next few years I, I believe if he falls to them moving on to the 25th pick the Jacksonville Jaguars I've had their both available picks for them obviously taking the sure pick in Trevor Lawrence I think that's a no-brainer and then it's really what they do at 25 do they draft back do they feel like they don't have enough of an offense to take Trevor Lawrence out there and do any good. I know I've got listed down. They need a tight end, but it's probably they've missed out on it. They're too far down for, to even think about trading up to four for Kyle Pitts. Really? They're looking at safeties. You're looking at wide receivers, running backs, trying to get Trevor Lawrence, a new flashy player. And I think I'm, thinking you know the defense mind of me wants to go Trevon Moerig from TCU that safety but then I also really like Kadarius Tony I think Kadarius Tony from Florida is a is a great wide receiver and I think he gives Trevor Lawrence that target along with DJ Chark along with Marvin Jones I think Kadarius Tony could really fit in there the brain side of me is churning away and I think I'm going to have to take Trevon Moerig. I think safety is a bigger need for them than wide receiver. I think um, they can address that wide receiver in the second round. I think there's talent that will be there. And so I'm going Trevon Moerig, TCU. 26th pick we're now on to with the Cleveland Browns selecting. Yeah, I mean, the Browns are a very fun team to draft for again, much like much like the Dolphins and uh, a bit like the Falcons, you know, they're, they're in a very good position if you're the Falcons. But also like the Dolphins, they've got a lot of good needs. The Browns don't need to, to draft up and take a top-tier talent. They've got plenty of top-tier talents on, on the roster as it is. And they don't have that many needs. I, I look at the team and, again, the safety is a possibility. They've, they've picked up the Jags' safety, Ronnie Harrison, but they've got Delpit and John Johnson who they've paid this off-season. 
cornerback, they're pretty set. Offense-wise, they've got one of the best O-lines in, in, in football. I would love to play behind that offensive line. Incredible receivers and running backs, and Mayfield does a very good job back there. The one position that really stands out for me is linebacker. They've got Anthony Walker, who was on the Colts, and Mac Wilson, who was taken later on in the, in the draft last year. I quite liked Mac Wilson coming out, but I don't believe he's going to be that sort of difference maker. So the guy that I'm looking to take here is David Collins out of Tulsa. David Collins isn't a pure linebacker. He, he's, he's very versatile. He can go on the edge as well. Uh, yeah, while the Browns have Garrett and Clowney off edge, which is, is very terrifying, you know, if if Clowney doesn't work out, if he, he doesn't have the he, if he has a season like he did in, in Tennessee last year with very little production, you, you can still put Collins on the outside and maybe see if he can find some success there. But personally, if I were the Browns, I would play him inside, and he's still got a lot of development. He, he's he's maybe not as good when it comes to setting the edge. And maybe he's not as great when it comes to dropping back and reading plays, but he has enough sort of size and athleticism and, and you know, effort to make those plays. And moving on is another division rival of the Cincinnati Bengals. 27th pick is the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens is an edge-filled place. I think this is, is pretty clear. I think the Ravens probably need a wide receiver that they'll address what later on they could start looking at safeties in the second later on but i think ed edge edge rushes right here is is where they're going to go and i think they are going to go uh gregory russo i don't see gregory russo going further than this and we're moving on now the 28th overall pick to the new orleans saints Again, the Saints have a very good roster. A lot of the teams up here obviously do. They're the better teams in the NFL. They've lost Drew Brees, but I don't see them taking a quarterback here. Winston, while he did have a bit of a mixed, let's say, uh, last season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I still believe you know, he's, he's learned behind uh, Drew Brees. And if Winston doesn't work out, Taysom Hill can offer something else, uh, something very different to most quarterbacks in the league. Uh, look at that, that offense. I don't see much needs on the offense. Tight end, uh, they lost uh, Jared Cook and Josh Hill. They've got Adam Troutman, who I quite liked coming out last year. I hope he will be able to step up because I don't see a tight end here. That's you know They might trade back if they need that, but I'm looking at the defense. Cornerback is another option, but I do not have any more first-round cornerbacks on my board. So I'm going to go linebacker again, much like my last pick. Davis is more of an outside guy. Zach Porn is more of an outside guy. I feel as though Nick Bolton can jump in there and be their inside guy. Oh, Nick Bolton. That, that is a jump. I, I had him maybe going second. I'm not sure that he'll make it into the first, but I think it is a bolter. I think what makes Bolton quite appealing for the Saints is he, he's one of the, the more pure inside linebackers. While Jamin Davis might be the, the purest sort of true inside linebacker Nick Bolton has a lot of experience there he, he can work with two guys either side of him uh, he's, yeah. he's a very forceful tough guy and I think the Saints will like him back there shoring up that defense there's uh, some names on my board that are screaming out to me that really should be off the board at this point Christian Barmore a pass rushing free tech D tackle in the actual NFL draft, I, I can see he'll be well gone by this stage. He's such a talented player. 
and uh, Najee Harris as well. He's still still on the board. So there's just some interesting players going into these final picks. And with the 29th pick, the Green Bay Packers. Now, the Green Bay Packers, obviously, old, old man Aaron at the quarterback at, at the helm. Trust me, he still does a job, trust me. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you know that twice a year. Painfully so. <laughs> You're probably looking at offensive tackle. You might be looking at wide receiver. You're looking at corners, maybe. That, that there, you're probably your top three needs for the the Packers. I'm looking at Jalen Mayfield, a great tackle talent. Looking at Terrace Marshall. I'm looking at Kadarius Tony, a wide receiver that can come in. And Aaron Rodgers has another threat. I'm also toying over Christian Barmore because he's still there, even though it's not a position of need. And head over heart, I have to go for Jalen Mayfield, Michigan. I think this guy is such a big presence. I think he can fill in along that O-line. I think he'll protect Aaron Rodgers. And I think that that is where they will likely end up going. We'll move on to the 30th pick, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, um, and there's plenty of guys still on the board here. You know, you've got Leverwood and Cosme, you've got Tony. Uh, you've got guys guys like Barmore, obviously still available. Uh, still some edges. I've, I've got Aziz Ojulari, Jason Oware. Uh, I think if you get a Jason Oware, he sneaks into the second round. You are you, you're on for something special there. But the guy that I'm going to go for, and I'm going to be very fun with this one. Why not take Najee Harris? I think you've got a very fun team in the Bills anyway, and they might have some needs. They've, they've got a couple of needs at cornerback, but yeah, the Bills are, are very solid all over the board. They've got Singletary and Moss, who are good running backs, but they're not stars. I feel as though Najee Harris, in a similar mould to Derrick Henry, maybe not as talented as Derrick Henry, but putting him on that Bills team, a tough-nosed running back. If I'm a defence going up to Buffalo around December time, November time, and it's snowing, and you have to face Najee Harris coming at you every single play like a brick wall, I would hate it. And I think Najee Harris would be so much fun in Buffalo. The 31st pick. It was uh, the Baltimore Ravens, I believe, which was the Chiefs pick. Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens. So that's a that's a new trade, I think, yeah, coming yeah. in. Yeah, the Chiefs, I think, got a bit of a steal there. Uh, Orlando Brown, I rate very highly. I can see why the Ravens got rid of him. He wanted to play left tackle. He wasn't playing left tackle. They've just paid Ronnie Stanley. He can do that in Kansas City. Yeah, and here uh, it's a nice area to pick at the top of the draft. We've seen them; they've had success. A pick later, selecting some guy called Lamar Jackson in the thirty-second pick. Yeah, <laughs> they might be able to make some magic here with the thirty-first pick. Absolutely, I think the Chiefs needed to address tackle. I definitely had originally when I the Chiefs held this pick. I had players like Liam Eikenberg. You address that need by getting Orlando Brown. You you get a quality tackle, someone who can protect Patrick Mahomes on his way to another Super Bowl, um, who really suffered in the last Super Bowl by not having his offensive line up to scratch. And you saw what it did to him, and he was all over the place. Yeah. So as the sorry to interrupt, as the as the Baltimore Ravens, to me you're looking. Wide receiver, you're looking safety, you're looking Aziz Ojulari, you're looking maybe Christian Barmore. I think Kadarius Tony is probably the pick that 
they might go with a wide receiver. You know, if if they need to, they might have Rondale Moore, a guy that I'm quite high on, Rondale Moore, guy that can play both the slot and out wide. I do think that I'm going to have to go Christian Barmore. This guy is a first-round talent. This guy is a pass-rushing DT. He's big body. He's so explosive and so quick on the reaction front. I think him in that defensive line can revamp and change the way that the Ravens' defense works. I think him applying the pressure can only benefit that that Ravens secondary. And with the 32nd pick is the Super Bowl winners, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. New quarterback? Yeah, uh, maybe. You never know. They could do whatever. This is a team that brought back every single one of their stars from the Super Bowl team. You literally cannot improve more than that. You've got the, the arguably the best team back. Well, obviously, you know, there's so many different factors go into that with new pickups and injuries and different forms and stuff that's like that. As a Tampa Bay coach, as a Tampa Bay GM, you're going to be absolutely loving this draft because you can just take your best player available slot them in, have fun. I mean, and the guy that I'm going to take is going to be an edge because I feel you know, you can never have that many edges, like I said before. JPP is getting, getting up there of age and, you've, and you, you want that rotation so that he can come on fresh and use all the talent that he has. At this time last year, I would have said, look at DB, you know, their DBs are, aren't the best known. Carlton Davis, Jamal Dean, Sean Murphy, Bunting aren't necessarily big name guys, but they did a great job last year. You know, at no point were the books sort of secondary seen as a massive, massive weakness for that team. And, and they only sort of improved that by adding Antoine Winfield to that, who, who I really like as a safety. But the guy I'm going to take is Jason Owe from uh, Penn State. He's a very raw prospect. You know, he, he's, he's got incredible size, incredible talent. He, he's physically a freaky guy. And you've... You've got a, a, a great coaching staff in Tampa Bay, and he doesn't have to start right away. You've got your two guys already who, who found loads of success last season. You can put him on, rotate him in, and just let him use his size and athleticism to disrupt disrupt defences and just cause havoc. No, absolutely. It's hard, hard not to agree. I think if you're the Super Bowl winners and you've managed to recollect that winning team where do you go from there? How do you improve? If you've already been proven the best, then you're looking at nitpicking away. You're looking at building that strength and depth. And I think by taking another edge, I think you're solidifying that defense. You're making it even tougher to beat and your rotation is going to be a lot better. All right, that concludes our mock draft and we'll just run through the picks. So obviously, the uh, bona fide number one choice, the Jacksonville Jaguars take Trevor Lawrence. Next, Jets take Zach Wilson. 49ers controversially take Justin Fields. Falcons take Kyle Pitts, best available. Bengals secure their line by taking Penai Sewell. Dolphins get a new athlete at wide receiver, Jamar Chase. Lions bolster up and protect their newfound quarterback with Rashawn Slater. Panthers do the same. They protect their line with Elijah Vera Tucker. The Broncos go a bit controversial. They take Matt Jones to compete with Drew Locke. The Cowboys sure up their secondary by taking Patrick Sertain. The Giants 
get a new found linebacker that can do it all, Mike Parsons. Eagles go offense finally and take Devontae Smith. Chargers take J.C. Horn. The Vikings take Christian Darasaur. The Patriots go Trey Lance. Cardinals, Caleb Farley. Raiders go J.O.K., my favorite linebacker pick. Dolphins go Jalen Phillips, the best edge, probably gone off the board too late. The Washington football team get an athlete in Jalen Waddle, stretch the field. The Bears, Luke's Bears, take Greg Newsom, sure up that secondary, replace Carl Fuller. Uh, the Colts take Quitty Pie. Titans take Rashad Bateman, get a new wide receiver in, new target. The Jets get a new flashy running back for Zach Wilson in Travis Etienne. Steelers bolster that line in Tevin Jenkins. Jags, once again, they get another safety in Trevon Moerig. The Browns take Zach Collins. The Ravens take Gregory Rousseau. The Saints take Nick Bolton. The Packers take Jalen Mayfield protecting Aaron Rodgers. The Bills take Najee Harris, getting Allen another weapon. The Ravens go Christian Barmore, bolster that defensive line, best available pick. And the Bucks go Jason Oway. How do you feel, Luke? I'm pretty happy with that. I feel uh, there's a few picks in there that I really like. I really like that Kevin Jenkins picked the Steers. I think he's, he's tailor-made for them. A few picks there, which I thought I'd chuck in, a bit controversial with Vera Tucker going... Maybe a bit early. Jason Oway to the books is a bit of an interesting one. I quite like that Najee Harris pick to the Bills as well. I'm very excited to see that one. I think you did a pretty good job there as well. I think you, Trevor Lawrence, what a pick. That was a, it was a great pick. <laughs> Surefire. I, I mean, I was I was tossing it up. I might have gone Rashad Bateman and just get that wide receiver. And, <laughs> um, Definitely. That, I like that. The uh, lot of picks there. You, the JC Horn pick I really like as well yeah i think the charges do need that they they need that o-line but secondary can can also happen that o-line can wait till the second we'll now go through some of our targets on our big boards that we thought uh potentially could have gone in the first that we were either expecting the other person to pick or never really found a place for them so the top prospects that maybe missed out on the first that might actually make it on the opening night or will be first off the board in the second round. Who have we got first then, Luke? Who do you think? We'll start with quarterback, the most interesting position. I feel as though, you know, quarterback, you can never rule out any any move, you know. You can have a quarterback slip into the first of a guy that you maybe thought was a late second because it's just of just because of the position need and its importance. So the two guys I've got kind of maybe at the top of the second round or maybe even a bit later in the second round would be uh, Kellen Mond from Texas A&M and Kyle Trask from Florida. Yeah, I'm definitely big on Kyle Trask. I think he's a good quality QB. I think developed for the future. And I definitely can see maybe a trade up until the early rounds of the second of a team that's still QB hunting. Maybe maybe even expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to trade trade up or down into that uh, high high second round and get a quarterback for the future. Yeah, I can also see the the Falcons, the Bears, the Washington Football Team maybe trading in. The Falcons have the the thirty fifth pick, you know, and you, you get a cow trash to learn behind behind Matt Ryan. That'd be quite quite a good fit for them. All right, we'll we'll move away from QBs now. Running backs. What running backs do we think that maybe missed out that probably deserved 
to go high in the second. So running back is very tough to evaluate because they're so diverse and dynamic. You know, teams have their favourite running backs that they pick. It's very tough to get a unanimous opinion on running backs. But the best that we can sort of give is the UNC guys, University of North Carolina, Williams and Carter, two very different running backs, uh, obviously, because they, they had different roles in that offence. Javonte Williams, I think, is our more more favoured guy just because of his, his ability as a pass catcher as well as a runner. I think he, he might be a bit of a gem in, in the second round, possibly. But don't don't forget Michael Carter as well. Absolutely. I think Javante Williams will be the next running back off the board. There's teams that maybe are in the need for a running back that might look to drop back into the second and maybe pick up a, pick up a few picks and pick up a new flashy running back there. I think some, some team fits possibly if the Jets, if in our mock draft they went Travis Etienne. If they don't go Travis Etienne, second uh, pick in the second round, I think they might go there. Miami Dolphins also need a, need a running back. They've got Miles Gaskin as their main guy at the moment, which isn't great. You know, I can see them sort of selecting him maybe a bit early on in the second. And we'll move on to the wide receivers. Wide receivers have been saying his name all, all afternoon. Kadarius Tony, someone I'm very high on. That was quite surprised, managed to fall his way out the first. And I do think, in my opinion, he's got to be one of the first receivers off the board. Yeah, definitely. You know, you've got... You've Tony and I've also got Rondell Moore as the slot guy, Elijah Moore as well, and Terrace Marshall, both guys that can go at the top. If the Eagles don't take a receiver in the first, see that look for them to take one at 37. I can also see maybe maybe the Detroit Lions trying to make up for the loss of Golladay and Marvin Jones in the offseason. The Giants, who you hinted at, might take a receiver in the first, they could take one in the second as well. And we'll look at the offensive line. Offensive line, we, we went pretty heavy to start with. Sewell, Slater, Vera Tucker, all gone in the top 10. Some would argue that that's far too soon for some of them. Some some drafts have Slater falling out the top 10, and but there are still that strength and depth that's been left over that we believe might might be able to make it early in the second. Definitely, I've got I've got four guys. I've got Alex Leverwood from Alabama, Samuel Cosme from Texas, Dylan Redunds from North Dakota State, and Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame. I think you, you've got plenty of teams. Any team can make pick up on the O line. The Jags themselves, their first pick might look to go get a top tier guy like Alex Leverwood. I think you know, you've got teams like like the Dolphins, who, as we were recording this, traded away Eric Flowers to the Washington football team. They might look might look to recuperate that loss. A team like the Bengals, always looking to improve on the airline. They did select Sewell, but again, you can always improve on the airline. Don't forget that interior line. You've got Wyatt Davis in there, and a guy that I'm also going back to uh, a great tackle prospect that. Obviously, a couple of days ago, Orlando Brown was traded to the Chiefs, filling that tackle need, which changed that 31st pick. And I had there for quite some time, Liam Eichenberg, a guy that could come in and fill in that tackle spot for the Chiefs and they'd have no no issues with it. So I'm sure that Liam Eichenberg will be high on many teams' lists and maybe even venture into the first, depending on how teams feel. Yeah, and uh, as well, the interior line, I felt we, we didn't really address it too much. I put, I put Vera Tucker quite up there, but and Slater as well was up there, but they are both hybrid guys. They can play tackle as well as guard. In terms of the pure interior line guards, we, we didn't really select anyone, really. 
Uh, you've got Wyatt Davis, like you mentioned, who's one of the who's probably the best pure guard in the in the draft. But you've also got a guy like Creed Humphrey, who's the best centre in the draft. You've got plenty of need, teams that need that that guy at centre. I'm, I'm looking at the Steelers uh, at the moment. Their O line's been a bit, a bit decimated, but there's there so many teams that can pick up that, these guys. Yeah, don't be surprised if my Bengals take an O-line again in the second. They might look to go wide receiver, address a need, the loss of AJ Green. If they pick up Jamar Chase at five, they're definitely taking a guard or a tackle in uh, in White Davis or maybe Eichenberg in the second. 100%. We'll move on to the defence now. So we'll we'll start off in your domain your secondary, where you're best skilled and you're best knowledged? Yeah, um, both of us are defensive guys, so we quite like to see these you know, defensive guys come off the board. I've got uh, at safety in my position, I've got Richie Grant and Javon Holland, although I don't think maybe Javon Holland will slip into the first, but watch out for him as a bit of a bolter. Richie Grant from UCF might also make it. I've got a lot of teams needing safety in this draft. There are, there are so many teams that safety is a very odd position. In that it's, it's very, it's not, very, it doesn't get paid too well. It's not drafted very highly, but a lot of teams need them. So look for Grant and Holland to go quite early. Yeah. In terms of corner, I've got Tyson Campbell and Asante Samuel, who also has a bit of heritage, a lot like uh, Patrick Sertain. Uh, again, cornerback, you can, you can never go wrong with cornerback. A lot of teams will need that. I'm looking at the New York Jets very early. They've got Rasone Austin as their starting cornerback at the moment, which is not ideal at all. Uh, I've got the Philadelphia Eagles, a possibility as well. There's a lot of need coming in at the secondary every year. And I think this year we're quite blessed in the, the talent that we have that you can pick up in the second round, you know, that might even might even last till the next so we'll move over into my domain linebacker edge if you're talking about an edge that's fallen through on in our list I think you have to start with Aziz Ojulari a guy that I have on my big board I actually thought was going to go in in the teens in the teens really I think he's such a talented player and a, a big a big body real great NFL strength and impressive explosiveness that he will be an NFL starter someday. So I think missing him in the first round was a, a real big loss for everyone. But you, you're looking at guys as well that will likely still be there in the second round. Joseph Asai from Texas, a great linebacker, former inside. So, you know, has has experience playing both inside and out. He's Got good rushing abilities, but his raw talent in that position and his covering in the edge and in the middle really makes him a hot prospect. Yeah, I agree. I think Aziz Ojulari, I think could, could you could sub him out for a lot of those picks. I personally had him higher than Rousseau, who went to the Ravens. We can't forget about Jabril Cox with the, you know, he's got that speed. He's extremely fast. He's quite. Um, versatile at the linebacker spot and you know you can't forget about him and I'm sure he'll be going early second round as well all right so we'll move it on to the D line the down where where we get down and dirty and the four 
in my mind that Christian Barrymore might have ended up here. I was, if Christian Barrymore was to fall out of our first round, I, I think we'd we'd retire before we'd even started. <laughs> Is Definitely. there any guys? Is there any guys that you're quite high on in that in, that you think will go in that second? I, I don't believe the D line is the the deepest position in this draft. I feel a lot of these guys won't go in the first, but I do believe a lot of them will go in the second. A guy that might sneak into the first that will go early in the second, I think, is Davian Nixon from Iowa, a big body guy that can really eat up blockers. I think he will be very valuable on a team that needs him. We have to understand that tight end as well is quite a niche position where you, you're you not looking past Kyle Pitts for a first-round talent. You're looking at Pat Freermouth as maybe coming in. But apart from that, tight end is it's not the most strength-in-depth position in this draft and often finds itself never being that case. Not at all, no. And, uh, I think tight, it's like that a lot. We see guys like like Kelsey, like Kittle, weren't selected in the early round. They were selected later on. Yeah, so I think that marks our mock draft and that marks our hot prospects that didn't make it. Thank you very much to anyone that has taken the time to listen. Obviously, we are doing this for our own enjoyment and taking some quite controversial picks because, well, we enjoy the fact that we get to take some bolters in a nice mock draft and things. And so to anyone listening, thank you very much. And from me and Luke, it is goodbye for now. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.